Episode number 90, stand-up comedian Stephen Robert Sanders is in the Springs. And what a cherry it is, too. It's like, what the hell am I doing? Oh, it's, it, it's a high. This has been just like boom, boom, boom. I just want everybody to like me. <laughs> what career? I've got uh, Stephen Roberts hyphen Sanders Hello. in the Springs. How are you, sir? I'm good. Excellent. I'm glad we I'm... were able to connect. Yes, me too. <laughs> good. Now, I understand <laughs> last this is your first time here at Looney's. Yes, it is. And what got you out here? Well, I know Eric Hawkinson from the World Series of Comedy. Okay. Back all the way to 2012. He'd come out there. I was doing uh, grunt work for Joe Lowers, who is the mastermind behind the World Series of Comedy, and uh, eventually worked my way up to host for him in 2014, and had kept uh, in touch with Eric the whole time, and took good care of Eric when he was in Las Vegas, and that's how we just we just kept in touch, and uh, we decided it was time for me to come out and be uh, have my cherry popped here at the uh, loonies <laughs> nice well yeah. congratulations yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. it's good, good to have you out here and what a cherry it is too <laughs> now you started comedy in 2012 ish in 2012 i quit my insurance job and uh just threw it all to the wind gotcha now i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna lob a softball at you okay here we go why well, I think that's appropriate because um, I do wear comfortable shoes. I'm a, I'm a good lesbian, so thank you. Uh, why? Because it's what I've always wanted to do since I was 17. Actually, stand-up comedy. Yeah, I always wanted to do stand-up comedy. I, I have my drama teacher. I taught acting. I've done all of that kind of stuff throughout my life, but I always thought I wasn't going to be able to do stand-up comedy. For some reason, it just I just didn't think I would be able to do it, and I turned... My son, I turned 43, my son was halfway through college, and I said, it's now or never. So between age 17 and 43, what was the, the, the reluctance to, to get up on stage and give it a shot? You were, I'm assuming you were a fan of stand-up and oh, followed yeah. it? Oh, since I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, since I was a young kid. Um, I guess the, the disconnect was, for me was I just didn't think I could do it. I, I can't explain it. I, I cannot explain it. I just, I didn't think that I had it in me. And you know what? The truth is, if you don't think you can, you can't. And so I wasn't ready. Gotcha. So I just look at it. Everything happened exactly the way it was supposed to. I was supposed to start stand-up now. Now, was there any moment in your life that, that caused that 2012 to start? Was there some sort of epiphany that you had where it's like... Screw it! I'm gonna throw yeah. caution to the wind. And... Yeah, turning a 43. I think. I think <laughs> that was the milestone. So I was living there. in a small town in New Mexico called Portales, New Mexico. I was uh, a property adjuster for an insurance company for many, many years, uh, putting bread on the table to make sure that my son had a good life. And when he hit college, I said, "It's my turn." That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And so basically, you know, your basic midlife crisis. Right. It's like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> so what was that first experience on stage like for you? Do you oh, remember it was, that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The the, the real one, I, I took a class. I, I took Jerry Corley's uh, comedy writing class at, just to start. It was a weekend class, and I took that, and that was fun, and that was safe, and that was fine. But when I, for the first time I ever actually went on stage at an open mic... I 
gave myself the permission to leave at any time. And that went on <laughs> Just for Just drop the mic. And <laughs> yeah, and that, that went on for a, a year and a half. I, I'd be behind the curtain. It'd be my turn up. And I would say, I got to leave. I got to get out of here. Right? Oh, I got to get out of here. I got to get out. I, 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 oh, it took a very long time before I was not having the thoughts of just, listen, I can turn around now, go to the parking lot, leave. They'll hate me, but they'll never see me again because I'll never come back here. Now, was that you down know, in New Mexico was, or was that in Vegas? That was in Vegas. That was in Vegas. Yeah, I okay. got my start in Vegas. I got eyes on me in Vegas and people said, no, you have something. But I was always petrified. Yeah. Petrified, yeah. Well, that's interesting because you've got theater background, both acting and directing, mm-hmm. and yet dealing with, I guess for lack of a better term, stage fright. Did that mm-hmm. surprise you how that affected you? Well, you know, yes and no. N- no in, I'd have stage fright before, but I, in retrospect, I can say that my, my stage fright always came from not feeling rehearsed. And whenever you have four to six weeks of rehearsal, there, and a cast with you, right. there is always a safety net. When I'm doing stand-up, there is not a traditional rehearsal. There's not a script except for what I write. Right. And there's no safety net of a director or other objective eyes. So going up and doing stand-up is a whole different ball of wax when it comes to free-falling. Yeah. You don't free-fall in the theater. You Everything's planned. And I apply that as a stand-up comedian as well, but yeah. it's different. Well, you know, that's come up a couple of times on the podcast where stand-up is a unique art form in the sense, kind of to your point, you can't really rehearse it until you're on stage in front of strangers. Right. You, you can definitely rehearse it, but it never it's never the same. Right. If you can you can talk in front of the mirror all you want to, those jokes will change. Right. They will change. Well, and I always you will used learn to say all kinds of things that you didn't know about jokes you wrote it after you get on on stage. Go ahead. Well, I always used to say that my cats thought I was hilarious. Yeah. You know, like when I was trying to work exactly. on material walking through the house or whatever right. it was. So, right. So now, you know, kind of having a year, year and a half of, you know, almost getting on stage, the first time you actually did get on stage, what was that experience like for you? Uh, it was, wow, I'm, I, it was just as frightening. Yeah. It was just as frightening. Oh, yeah, I'm just petrified. Absolutely. But that goes away in steps. Nothing in comedy happens overnight, for me, at least. Stand-up comedy is a a very long series of baby steps. And uh, I think my biggest, uh, if you want to see, say, marker, is how much more conscious I am every time I get on stage. There's There's a thing about being conscious, whereas do you notice, do I notice... The music when I get on stage, am I or am I so tunnel vision about what I'm doing? Do I notice the people? What are they wearing? Am I? And the more I'm on stage, the more conscious, the more alert I have become. Yeah, it is a, it is a gift to be able to be completely wide awake and alert on stage. It is a gift, and it takes time. Yeah. So when you were preparing for that first set, were you writing out your bits kind of verbatim, or did you just have a an idea written on a piece of paper and you were going to go up and kind of riff on that, or what was your yeah? Your I was process? never a riffer. I was a, a write the joke out type of person, but I also work in abbreviations too. Once I have it written out, then I would 
do it. I, you know, I think that's a process too. You figure out what really works for you. Right. And I, I write out all my set lists every night. Yeah. Um, and I use a computer to write my, to actually write the jokes out. Yeah. If, unless, yeah, I mean, I use my phone too. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I think what's interesting, and again, this is coming up on the, uh, has come up on the podcast previously, is typically that first time on stage, kind of, again, to your point, it's sort of this blur of, my God, what have I said? Did I look at anybody? Did I stammer? Whatever. Sure. And yet there's something that gets you back up again and again and again. Can you put your finger on what that was for you personally? That oh, it's, it, it's a high. Laughter is a high. It always has been, even as an actor, when I was in comedies. It's always been a high. Yeah. And also to use the audience as in a duet, as if you were singing with them. I've always had that experience as an actor. So the audience's laughter is the other part of the song. And there is a back and forth that happens. It is music to me. It is absolutely a, uh, it is a conversation or a duet. So are you still active in the theater as well? No, not really. No? No, do you, I've do you done miss some that part here of it? No, not really. This is great. This <laughs> is so nice not to be accountable to anybody, uh, not to... I mean, theater is a collaborative art, and stand-up comedy really isn't. And I'm enjoying being my own boss and doing my own stuff and, and not having to, you know oversee costumes and sets and right. all of that kind of you stuff. You could, this is, but it would be weird. Uh. Yeah, and also I've moved up so much faster than I ever have in right. any other professional art art form that I've, that I've done. This has been just like boom, boom, boom. It's been great to work my way up quickly. Yeah, well, and I, I certainly think relative to your peers, you know, 2012 till now to be featuring on the road, that, that mm. definitely is a fast track. This is I my... Mean, this is this is my I'm I'm in the first year of getting my toes wet as a feature. I'm a really great host. Have been enjoying hosting, and now uh, relationships with Eric and some other folks like Cindy Nelson at Zanies in Chicago, uh, and uh, Edwin San Juan and um, Matt and Joaquin of Las Vegas Live Comedy Club in uh, Planet Hollywood. They've all started to push me into. Um, deeper waters nice so yeah so a little bit at a time now was that a conscious effort on your part as far as the progression or is it just sort of organically when the opportunity came up you jumped on it it's organic but you do the footwork yeah you do the footwork always looking towards what's next and how i can grow more and also go naturally and don't try to force it gotcha try to be right sized yeah well, tell me a little bit about your experience with the World Series of Comedy, what your role has been in that and, and continues to be. Yeah, I have, um, at this point, I'm not involved in the World Series of Comedy anymore. My role with the World Series ended in 2014, but uh, my adventure with them started in 2012 in that very class that I was telling you about with Jerry Corley and Joe Lowers. At the time, his room was at the Alexis Park. He had the Joe Show and also the World Series of Comedy there. And I was taking the class at Alexis Park uh, off the strip in Vegas. And Joe Lowers and David Toby, comedian who you might know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, walked in and I happened to be on stage and they, or at least Joe, was excited and said, you should come by and watch my show and get involved. And I did that, and the next thing I know, he was asking me to be the host for his judges during the World Series main event in Vegas at, at the Tuscany that year. Nice. That was 2012, and so I just 
jumped in and kind of took over certain places like the the judges who, who are all bookers. So Eric is a judge at World Series of Com- Comedy on a regular basis. And I think they're having the they're having the World Series satellite contest here this year. Am I right about that? I, I think, think so. I yeah, think I think so. I am. And so uh, people like that I got to meet throughout the, the my tenure there. And I just decided that I was going to make sure that I just built relationships. I wasn't ready to be on anybody's stage, yeah. but I wanted to make sure I got to know everybody. Nice. So that when it was time, everybody wants to work with their friends, that they would see me as a friend and want to give me a, uh, a chance and want me to be around, which is basically what's happened. So I, I stayed with the... Joe for 2012 and then continued with him for 2013 and then went on the road with him a little bit on 2013 and then 2014 he asked me to be more full-time with him and be his host so I toured with him all that year. Nice. Yeah and then 2014 the main event happened in Las Vegas and we thought it would be a good time to end it there. Gotcha. So and he's been uh continuing on with the World Series and they're going strong they've added shows like uh Comedy Girl Satellite, which just happened in February in, in uh, at the El Cortez in the Fiesta Room, <laughs> at uh, in Vegas. So they're doing very well. Nice. Yeah. Now, when you started doing comedy outside of the Vegas area, was there anything that surprised you in terms of the relatability of your material once you got on the road, or did you have to be conscious of where you were in your audience? Did that, how did that affect your your set? I guess. To- I think that the hardest audiences are in Vegas because they are a an amalgam of the entire American experience. They're Midwesterners, they're Southerners, they're foreigners, they're people who have never been to a comedy club ever, or some people have never ever been to a show. Uh, they are people with conservative backgrounds and liberal backgrounds, and you don't know what you're going to get. If you can play a Las Vegas audience, as they say, you can go anywhere. And I find that much more critical and much harder are the Vegas audiences than when you go out on the road. Now, there's regional things where some people like my kind of humor and some some don't, but that's more of a matter of taste. Yeah. But uh, I, I found that people out in the world love to hear what I have to say and, and have a great time, too. And <laughs> then there are times where they don't. <laughs> I think that's everybody's as experience. As in life, right. Yes, as in life, exactly. So now we had talked before we got on mic, and I said, uh, I think congratulations are in order. I saw your Facebook post, uh, recently married. Yes. So now, how does your... On Saturday, just last Saturday, I got married. Why are you here? (laughs) Well, we're not going on a a honeymoon anytime soon, and uh, my other half, he uh, works on the strip, and he's working tonight. Oh, gotcha, okay. He he worked, we, we, we took Monday and Tuesday off because we have it off, and then he's on his way also i have i have this affinity for stand-up and whenever i get an opportunity i take it well and that was kind of my question is you know being in a relationship and being on the road you know there's a balance there you're going to be out of town you're going to be on the road you're going to be away how so far anyway have you handled that and do you enjoy that aspect of comedy sort of i think going on stage for a lot of comedians that's the vacation part of it everything that goes with it is the work the driving the writing Mm -hmm. going to to the radio today doing podcasts sure so do you enjoy all of this other extraneous crap that goes with it yeah it's it's a privilege it's a privilege to be 
asked to interview, it's a privilege. There are tons of people who would like to be in my position. I never take that for granted. Never, never, never. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have to be on a roof telling somebody that their roof is not covered because wind is not a covered loss or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> for insurance. I don't have to be, you know, taking somebody's deductible out of their, their uh, house payment or whatever. I don't have to do that anymore. I get to do this. I get to sit in a, uh, a beautiful green room in a <laughs> comedy club in mid-America getting ready to go on a, sh- on a show in 40 minutes. I'm, I mean, what a, what a great life. There's nothing to complain about. And it's all what I create. So it's, I, I'm great. And, and my partner, who I don't have to call a partner anymore, my husband, he uh, saw me when I was doing exactly what I didn't want to be doing. And he likes this version much better. Nice. So he wants me to be here. He wants me to do these things. And, you know, I get to stay in Vegas a lot because there's a lot of opportunities in Vegas. There's eight plus clubs in there to work at. So I don't have to be on the road quite as much unless I choose to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, Stephen, you know, most comedians are supposed to be broken and dark. And you're the opposite of that. You've got such a positive outlook on your career. Do you think, and this sounds like a backhanded comment, but do you think that can be attributed to starting later in life where you've got a little more life experience, a little more perspective on your priorities as opposed to being a disgruntled 20-year-old smoking weed and... No, I think it's because I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just, I'm, I just want everybody to like me. That, that's really, so it's, that's, that's got a darkness of its own. I just want everybody to be my friend. That's my thing. So I'm a big old people pleasing puppy dog. That's really it. As far as the older stuff, I think that plays to professionalism and my age range and being in business in other industries for many years. I think that plays to how I'm always on time and I'm easy to talk to. And most of the people who own comedy clubs and who book comedy clubs and are in that uh, part of the business are my age. And so it's very easy to talk to those people because they're my peers. Whereas people who are just coming up in comedy, those people are not their their peers. Gotcha. So I think that's easier. Yeah. I, I just get that. That's just something that I've been been handed. So I try not to take that for granted either. Nice. Yeah, and th- it's very easy to be friends with your peers. Well, I think you've got the uh, the title for your first album, People Pleasing Puppy Dog. Yeah, I, I probably like that. something be, like that. People Pleaser. That's for, <laughs> yes. Well, Stephen, I know, like you said, you're getting on stage here shortly. So just one last quick question. No problem. Um, you definitely seem to have um, a good head on your shoulders oh, in terms you. of where you're going in your career. <laughs> so <laughs> What career? What do you mean career? <laughs> well, that's the question. So what are you looking forward to? What are you planning? What's on the horizon for you uh, kind of moving forward? I have always maintained that the best thing to do is not to rush. I've been in this industry for three and a half years. I... I'm still in that place where I'm taking uh, the next right step organically and finding out what it is I'm supposed to do next and continuing to write material and find out who this character is on stage. So those are the most important things right now. But if you ask me uh, to be really honest and tell you what I really want to do, uh, RuPaul just came out with a new game show that's coming in April, I believe. And I want to be on that game show more than anything. And also, I would love to host a game show. If, if you had the pie in the sky, what's the end of the career? I'd love to be on and 
host a game show. I really would. I would. That's that would be so much fun, and still get to do stand-up comedy. That would be the that would be my that would be my mecca. Nice. Oh, that sounds great. Man. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, Stephen Robert Sander, it was a uh, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank man. you very I much. Appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate that. It's it, nice to meet you. Likewise, finally. enjoy your time here in the springs. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Uh, so there you have it, out of Las Vegas, Nevada, stand-up comedian Stephen Robert Sanders. My thanks to Stephen for being on the show. Thank you to Eric and the folks at Looney's Comedy Corner for their continued support. And as always, thank you for listening to In the Springs. If you're enjoying the podcast, take a second to post a positive review on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcast media. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the Springs. In the Springs.